Today is Good Friday, TGIF, thank God it's Friday. I find it kind of ironic the way we say, thank God it's Friday, when in all actuality, at face value, it looks like the worst Friday. Jesus literally died on the cross on that day. So why is it called Good Friday? If ever there was a bad day, it was that Friday, 2,000 years ago, when humanity nailed Jesus to a cross. So why is it good? It's the day Jesus died on the cross to save us. Okay, but how did it save us? Save us from whom? Why do we need saving? I'm not a theologian, but there are lots of ways Christians have tried to explain the significance of Good Friday. Here are just three theories that we have come up with to help explain. Moral theory is the first one. This theory suggests that the life and death of Jesus is primarily a moral example to humanity. It inspires us to be better humans by following Jesus' moral example, which would then bring us closer to God. Then there's equation theory, penal substitutionary atonement. So there's here's us, we are bad, sinful people, and then there's God, and he is good, perfect, and holy, and Jesus and the cross make that bridge to God, which many of us grew up being taught this theory. Then there's Victor theory, Christus Victor. This view sees Jesus dying and raising from the dead as the final victory of this divine conflict between good and evil. And by doing so, Satan no longer has power over us. The cross provides a way to redeem the world out of this bondage to evil. And there's lots more theories. Which one's the right one? Maybe all of them. M. Griffin writes in Making Friends about three kinds of London maps. There's the street map, then there's the map depicting the throughways, and then there's the underground map of the subway. Each map is accurate and correct, he writes, but each map does not give the complete picture. To see the whole, the three maps must be printed one on top of each other. However, this is often confusing, so I use one, only one layer at a time. It is the same with the words used to describe Jesus' death. Each word like redemption, reconciliation, or justification is accurate and correct, but each word does not give the complete picture. To see and understand the whole picture, we need to place one layer on top of the other, but that can be confusing sometimes. When looking at the crucifixion story, we need to not get so focused on one part that we miss the beautiful picture of the story as a whole. So we separate each concept and discover that the whole is more than the sum of its parts. Some of the theories resonate with me and my understanding, and some of them don't, and it's changed over time. How do you understand the cross of Jesus, and how do you think of Good Friday? No matter which theory you prefer, if the cross isn't personal, we miss the point. And the meaning of the cross is not found in theories, but in changed lives, and that is the personal connection. Most of my role at Prodigal is working with our kids, and I love it. And so I'll end this Good Friday service with a story about a kid. In this story, there's a story about a little nine-year-old boy who was sitting at his desk in school when all of a sudden there is a puddle between his feet and in front, and the front of his pants are all wet. He thinks his heart is going to stop because he knows that, he knows that when the boys find out he will never hear the end of it. And when the girls find out, they'll never speak to him again as long as he lives. He will live with this forever. 
The boy puts his head down and he prays a prayer, dear God, this is an emergency. I need your help right now. And in five minutes from now, it's gonna be too late. He looks up from his prayer and here comes the teacher with a look in her eyes that says, he's been discovered. And as the teacher is coming to snatch him up, a classmate named Susie is carrying a goldfish bowl filled to the brim with water. She stumbles and she dumps the goldfish bowl in his lap. In the midst of his surprise, he quietly prays, thank you, Jesus. Now, rather than being the object of ridicule, the boy is now the object of sympathy. The teacher rushes him downstairs and gives him some gym shorts to put on while his pants dry out. When he comes back to the class, all of the kids are on their hands and their knees and they're cleaning up around his desk. The sympathy is wonderful. But as life would have it, the ridicule that should have been his has now been transferred to Susie. She tries to help, but they refuse her help and they mock her with things like, you've done it again, you klutz. And as the day progresses, the sympathy gets better and better and the ridicule gets worse and worse. Finally, at the end of the day, they are waiting at the bus stop and the boy walks over to Susie and whispers, Susie, you did that on purpose, didn't you? And Susie whispered back, I wet my pants once too. Jesus willingly took the shame. He took the ridicule, he took the consequences, all to show us his love and to show us who God is and what God is like. And God is good. And that goodness was demonstrated with his sacrifice on that first Good Friday. So as we close, let's remember a few things. The cross is good and the cross is personal because Jesus had me in mind and Jesus had you in mind. Let's pray. God, we thank you for Good Friday. We thank you for your love and how personal it was um, and that you had us all in mind. We pray that we would continue to look at Good Friday and learn from what you are trying to teach us. We, we pray that your love would continue to be personal and that it would always be changing and loving us. Amen.